If you would turn with me to the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1. When you read the New Testament, especially the Gospels, you are made aware that the Gospel writers felt like what they were saying was based upon the Old Testament. Because if you don't understand the Old Testament, you can't understand the New Testament right, rightly. And that's what you have here in Mark chapter 1, an immediate understanding of the Old Testament background. So let us read Mark 1 with that in mind as we think about why Jesus came and what he came to do and how we can come to the Lord's table based on this passage of Scripture. This is God's Word. Let us hear him. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written, in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. May God be pleased to bless this reading and hearing of his word to our hearts and to our lives. May he change our lives change the way we think by his word. Anytime you turn the TV on or pick up a newspaper or a magazine that has anything to do with uh, worldly events, you can 
say, well, I don't want to hear that anymore. I want to turn it off, or I'm not going to read that. There's so much misery uh, in this world today. It's always been that way. Some people say it couldn't be any worse ever. couldn't have been any worse than it is today. But if you think back in the history of mankind, it, uh, it has been bad. Go back to Genesis chapter 6. And it says the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And it even says there was violence in the earth. And those words say a lot to us today about what we see happening in our world. But there was uh, one man in his family who found favor in God's sight, and that was Noah. And God gave Noah instructions to build an ark, and he did so for 120 years and endured the laughter and scoffing of people around him, but he was faithful to do that, and God used that ark to save his family alive. And, of course, we have one named Jesus who is the one who saves us, and he's the one that God has sent that we might know that we have eternal life uh, through him. God brought hope and redemption then, and God brings hope and redemption now. We need to hear good news, don't we? Uh, the world needs to hear good news, and we're to be lights to the world. Jesus is the light of the world, and uh, he wants us to shine his light uh, to the world. He has put the church and us as individuals in this world to be lights, to show people the truth, to show people the way and the life that Jesus came to uh, proclaim. And so Jesus brings this good news. And in this passage of Scripture, it says he came to proclaim the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. We need to delight in good news, don't we? Uh, Many of us have been raised in families uh, where God's Word was taught and we prayed. And I can remember my grandmother and granddaddy getting together at 9 o'clock every night. And if you were already in bed, you got out of bed and came to get together with them uh, in a family uh, devotion. Some of you, you, you all do that too, huh? Uh, to get together and read God's Word and to pray because that's how... We are blessed. And many of us have been raised in families in this past month and the month before. We've celebrated Mother's Day and Father's Day because we recognize parents who have been faithful to Jesus, not ashamed of the gospel. And we should not be ashamed of the gospel. We should remember that this nation was based upon faithful men and women who came here to worship the living and true God and to set up a, a citizenry uh, that to worship God. If you've never heard Adrian Rogers' uh, sermon uh, on the citizenship of the people of God in a nation, uh, go online, uh, love worth finding, and just listen to Adrian Rogers' sermon, especially for... Uh, this day, July 4th, uh, I heard it yesterday on, on the radio. I know Adrian Rogers is dead now, but his, his messages are still uh, on the, the radio. And you'd be thrilled at how he develops that, that message of how our nation is a nation 
uh, of God's people, and we are to be lights in this world. We should be the most faithful citizens of uh, whoever can be. We need to be faithful in our, our, our lives. Uh, and, and Jesus came that we might remember him. We might remember God, that we might know him, and that we might serve him in, in whatever circumstance we, we find ourselves. Because Jesus came to bring us out of sin and misery, not to live in sin and misery personally. There's a lot of sin and misery around us. But God wants to deliver us from that sin and misery and give us peace. Uh, the other night, uh, our neighbors were arguing very vehemently uh, behind us about 12 o'clock at night, and, and uh, we could hear them. And I went over the next morning uh, to see how they were doing and just to tell them uh, that uh, there's a way uh, that they don't have to be arguing. I said, you're not enemies. Uh, you, you're friends. And, uh, and he, he said, yes, I know. That's what I've been trying to, to tell her. Um, they, they, they live together. They're not man and, and wife. They live together. And that's the culture that we live in, isn't it? But uh, if you begin with saying, look, I'll pray for you. And I did. I, I told him I, I'd pray for him. And he thanked me uh, for that. You never know how God's going to open a door to, uh, for that to uh, make some ministry in, in, in our neighborhood. Uh, but Jesus came to proclaim the good news. And we are the instruments uh, through whom the good news is to be proclaimed. And Mark gets right to the point here. Uh, he doesn't say anything about the birth of Jesus. He doesn't say anything about his early life. He's interested in what Jesus came to do. And that was to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. You see in verse 14, he came proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And the first thing I want us to see here is uh, what Jesus was doing, what was happening in his life was he came to fulfill a plan. See verse 15, the time is fulfilled. Um, Paul had said Jesus came in the fullness of time. Uh, he was born of, of, of a virgin. It's all part of a plan. And that's what we need to be constantly reminding ourselves when we see all the awful things that are happening in our world. And we'll say this, you know, God's in control. Well, he's in control according to a predetermined plan that he made from before the foundation of the world. That the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit planned everything from before the foundation uh, of the world because the scripture says of him and through him and to him are all things not some things but all things to him be glory forever and ever and so the plan every detail of the plan from before the foundation of the world is going to take place in God's own time and it will do what it will bring him glory and you who are Presbyterians uh, who have been taught the catechism remember the first question of the shorter catechism what is the chief end of man it is to glorify God and to enjoy him uh, forever and so that's the focus 
of Jesus to come and glorify the Father, and that should be our focus is to give glory to the uh, to God, the the Father, whether it's the God of creation or providence or redemption or the completion of, of all things, it is to bring glory unto him. And, and God's honor and God's glory is what determines how things fall out, how things happen. It is for his glory. And Mark understood this plan. And so in verse 1 you have, uh, it is the revealing of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son. Mark saw this by the Holy Spirit's leading, that this was a part of God's plan. And he said, this is what the prophets were talking about. And so he talked about what the prophets said about John the, the Baptist, that one would come who would pave the way for the Lord himself to come and rescue lost sinners and bring them unto the, into the kingdom of God. And so Mark says, right in the beginning, he says, the gospel begins in the Old Testament in the prophets, but then he says, and John came, this one who was to proclaim uh, the way of the Lord. Repent, he says, and be baptized for the remission of sins. Uh, get ready for the king to come, John says, because uh, this is what the, all the Old Testament prophets were, were talking about. And that's why I say you cannot understand the New Testament until you have accepted what the Old Testament uh, says the time Jesus says had come the climax of God's plan to save a people and to be their king the time for the reality of God's mercy and, and grace had had come uh, but John says he is not the one that you need to be trusting in because he says when Jesus does come, he's going to do something far greater than what I'm doing. And John was preaching and, and uh, actively engaged in baptizing people with water. But he says, this one coming after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's what God's people need to understand. We have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And because Paul says, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to him. But if we have the Spirit of Christ, we do belong to him, and we can worship him, and we can praise him, and we can understand the things that God has revealed in his word. And so John says, the king is going to baptize you with the, the Holy Spirit. And so when we have experienced that and we understand God's uh, presence with us, then we can live lives that are faithful unto him because we have a supernatural power let that sink in the power that raised Jesus from the dead is a supernatural power it's the same power that raised us from the spiritual dead and we say that we have experienced that power and we believe the gospel and we believe that we are to tell it to others Jesus came to proclaim that good news the apostles proclaim that good news. The church is put here in the world to proclaim that good news. One day when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming uh, toward him, he said, there he is. There's the one that you've been looking for. There's the lamb that was slain but before the foundation of the world. There's the lamb who takes away the sins 
of the world, the last lamb that needs to be sacrificed because on him and on him alone has been laid the sins of the world. And he and he alone is the one who can take away our sins. Jesus came to fulfill this plan and he came to proclaim this plan that the kingdom of God is here because the king is here. Jesus said, I'm here. I'm the king. And I'm going to prove it by the way I live and by the way I die, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. Peter says in in Acts 4.12, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, you've known people who say they believe in God, but they really don't believe in Jesus. Uh, Most people believe in God. But we need to tell them that there's more to it than that. Just like John the Baptist said, there's more to it than just getting baptized with water. You've got to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we need to tell people that here's how it can happen. By believing in Jesus, you can be baptized with his Spirit because nobody else can save you and give you life. No one else other than Jesus has lived a perfect life. If you're going to stand before God, you've got to be perfect. And we've all messed up, haven't we? We need the righteousness of Jesus. He's the only one who has lived a perfect life because at the end of that perfect life, he could die for others, not having to die for his own sin because he had none. If we were to die for our own sins, we would suffer an eternal perishing, wouldn't we? But Jesus suffered that for us and gives us his righteousness so that we can stand before a holy God, perfect in his sight, by faith in Jesus Christ. The satisfaction that the Father receives in Jesus' life and death is affirmed here in this passage of Scripture. This is my son, the Father said. In him I am well pleased. Hear him. If we're going to please him, we must be in Christ. This is good news. We can be forgiven of our sins by Jesus' blood. And we're going to sing uh, when we come to communion, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so I ask us the question, how real is this good news to us? You know, we like to share good news, don't, don't we? Uh, some of you have experienced some good news this, this week, and uh, we hope that uh, the Mavar family will experience some good news concerning uh, Brandon. Uh, our grandson called us several months ago, and uh, called us from Victoria, British Columbia, and said, just want you to be among the first to know you're going to be great-grandparents. That's good news. First uh, great-grandchild from our natural uh, children. And so we don't mind telling people that, and we have told people that. And so I got a phone call last night from his mother, and she said, it's a girl. That's good news, and we don't mind telling people that, that good news. Uh, 
It's a joy to do so. What greater joy it should be for us to tell people about Jesus. Uh, there's some great hymns that we sing. We're going to sing one at the end, Nothing But the Blood, but we've already sung I Love to Tell the Story. But what about a song like, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing My Great Redeemer's Praise. He breaks the power of counsel sin. He sets the prisoner free. And those are confessions that we make when we sing, and we need to sing it intentionally and with a, a purpose of knowing that that's what's happened to us, that's what Jesus has done uh, for us. Love the old hymn, Tell Me the Story of Jesus, Write on My Heart, Every Word. Uh, we could have sung, I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love for me. On the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. He from death to life hath brought me. That's good news. Some of you will remember if you were ever in an old country church, maybe some Presbyterian churches along the way, but not many sing victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story of a Savior come from glory to ransom me. What great words. Uh, and this I love to tell the story, for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. There's a world of sinners around us. There's a world of sin and misery. And we have a message to give to the nations, a story of peace and light. We have a message to give to the nations that the Lord who reigneth above has sent us his Son to save us and show us that God is love. Do we live our lives that way? Do we live our lives in the natural spiritually and in the spiritual life naturally? Do people look at us and say, I sure wish I had what you have? Fran and I are reading a book about eight uh, women who are being persecuted, have been persecuted over the years, uh, hearts of fire. Women who came to know Jesus out of a Muslim background or atheistic background or a Buddhist background, and they came to know Jesus. And nothing has been able to keep them from talking about Jesus. They've been cast out of their families. They've been put in prison. And when they get out of prison, they get out and start talking about Jesus and try to gather people to hear about the good news of Jesus. We need to be sharing that news daily. We need to be so living that people will see that Jesus is increasing in our lives and we are decreasing. Because it's not about us, dear people. It's about God and who he is and what he has done in Jesus Christ. Christ came to fulfill a plan he declared it. It's good news. And we need to be sharing this good news. Because nothing else can save anybody. We can't get to heaven on our good works. 
And so as we come to the Lord's table, we have an opportunity to proclaim the good news. When you eat the bread and when you drink the cup, what are you doing? You are proclaiming to everybody here that you know Jesus died for you and he is your Savior. And you're doing this until he comes again. You're saying, look, he's real, he's my Savior, and I want people to know him. When we go out of here, we need to be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within us anytime, in season, and out of season. May God give us the grace to do what Jesus did, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And we'll do that as we come to the Lord's table. Let's unite our hearts in prayer. Father, we are amazed at this plan that you developed in eternity past and will take us into eternity future. The good news that there is a way to be saved. Help us to proclaim it now and help us to be willing to share it with others day by day, whatever, whenever you give us the opportunity to do so. We'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.